hardest things I, I, I hope I get them all right. I muse when I walk around, you know, because I write a bit about home home um, sure. home products. Yeah. I mean, in regard to the interoperability, how do you work with um, something like, like, is there any plans to introduce something like Alexa or yeah. other systems? So right now, this has already got Alexa yeah. in there. Uh, we have a devices button where you just tap a non-UMI device. Uh, Amazon Alexa, Philips Hue, uh, Nest Thermostat are already in there. And there's a button for any other Z-Wave products. Um, we're trying to expand that line, uh, but obviously our main focus is expanding our own line of accessories. But, to be honest, with, with our resources, we don't want to, you know, get so heavy into something if a competitor is doing it very well. We'll just start using their products. Product. Yeah, totally, exactly. Totally. Yeah. I mean, is there something you're not doing that you're looking at building, expanding into your range? Any particular? Um, um, I don't know. Distributing in Europe. <laughs> no, um, uh, you're, you're talking yeah, about enough. the products. Um, honestly, there are there are lots of ideas. Yeah. You know, like oh, we can have a, a ceiling curtain for people that have a ceiling light, and but that's a, such a small niche market. I mean, how do you measure the? Um, benefit of a product like I still see so many times people will have something like a smart light yeah. connected lights great yeah. great if you want to do it at home I'm out at the office say and I want to turn my lights on no problem but they'll get home and they literally still are pushing a button yes exactly like a little device exactly it has to be connected to something right already. which which is one argument uh, people that go through the phones to do all of their smart home Precisely. we say how is this better yeah now My you're question. draining your, your phone battery which could be useful for other things mm. not turning on your lights mm. and you have to walk around your house with your own phone mm. so you have one less hand mm. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense that's, that's exactly what I mean then they have to swipe well where's my home app and well, I'm like oh my gosh well, the one I'm seeing a lot lately is the um, the idea of a smarter I won't say smart but smarter product that supposedly can tell who's in the home so we can tell uh, um, like who you like are which person oh, is okay. and what their, their movements are and I say well how on their phone I say it's what's they got to carry their phone around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you can do by height. You know, like, like, you know, <laughs> so. I, I know we're not quite in the, um, you know, the implant stage of right, <laughs> you yeah, know, the fully immersive experience. Something. Maybe, maybe in the future. But to answer your question on how do we, how do we judge, yeah. you know, what's, what's worth it. So, of course, we, we listen a yeah. lot. Um, and this is a Chicago company. Okay. So, uh, a lot of the head team has spent decades in the U.S. Yeah. And some of them have lived in China for a few years as well. Yeah. So, they're listening on seeing what's possible to manufacture yeah. at a good price but also what what are people wanting so this, this water sensor is the newest uh, piece that we have here that's for plumbing is it's, it yeah, well, yeah for anything for yeah. floods you know yeah. what happened it's not sexy there's a water sensor there in a box for free yeah. but it's not connected it just beeps loudly if it's wet this one of course works with the system and all that how, so, how advanced are the, sens- the water sensors getting like are they at the stage now where they can turn things off or not yet yes yeah. yes yeah. Um, so we have the, you know, if and, uh, if then kind of system where if the door is open, then we have a conditional stage and the temperature is between this, then make this action. Yeah, which yeah. is nice because, again, getting away from carrying your phone, yeah. we want to automate as much as possible. Yeah. My favorite piece is actually the simplest. It's just a four button uh, favorites. 
iron. So it doesn't do anything, oh. right? You need you need other things to work. Oh. But uh, if you have kids, yeah. you can say, all right, I wake up in the morning, my wife touches this button, the coffee machine turns on, the lights turn yellow, the blinds go up, her favorite morning playlist starts. While she's brushing her teeth, all of this stuff is happening. By the time she's done, the coffee's ready. Oh, all these, like, oh that's lovely. When you uh, when the kids want to watch a film, they push this button, the curtains go down, the lights turn purple, the TV turns on, the volume reduces, the, the radio, if it's on, goes off. And I said, wow, my grandma, you know, she doesn't need to even use this, even though it's simple. I can just program it for her. And I say, grandma, when you go to church, before you leave the house, touch that button. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. So it's so simple. And I don't want my grandma to carry a phone around. You see, this is a watch. But you see, this is a Galaxy Gear. But you can put your analog watch or smartwatch like uh, Apple Watch or Galaxy Gear. But the strap itself is connected to your smartphone. Yeah. Right? So when you get a call from your friend, you're going to be noticed. And if you press the button and put it on your ear like this, this device is actually going to receive the sound data and convert it into a vibration. So the vibration is going to cross your fingers and if you put it on your ear, the vibration is going to actually convert again into the sound that you can hear. So you're going to be able to hear what the other person is saying and also there's a microphone inside so you can actually talk while listening to the other. Is others. it conduction? Actually, it's quite different from bone conduction because bone conduction directly vibrates the bone yeah. over here, over here, right? Yeah. To receive that as a sound. Yeah. But this doesn't need to be necessarily the bone. So it's a body conductivity. So it's quite different. That is very different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to try without having a phone? Of course, of course. May I have your hand? You, you go for it. Anyone sees me? Okay. okay. <laughs> Step over. So, to put it on your ear. Like as if you you don't want to hear anything. Very muffled. I have quite bad hearing, so it's possible I wanted to try it. Uh, no. No, not inside. Yeah. Actually, there's a microphone here, so the place would be over here. It's very James Bond, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I have quite bad hearing, so I'm not over there. You couldn't hear it? I could be with muffled, but I have bad hearing, so. Right now, we have a well. The main function is receiving the phone calls, and 
we have basic ones, like basic ones that the other smartwatches have, like maybe keeping track of how many steps that you take for a day. Yes, uh, health monitoring, uh, alarm, like when you get a text message and a, a phone call. And what's kind of special, uh, special feature that we put in here is because this is uh, the main function is calling. Yeah, and five LEDs, right? Yeah, but you don't know who's gonna call, who's calling. It's not showing your name, mom or dad. Like, do you remember the flip phones when you had oh, yeah, those yeah. and you were like, oh, I don't want to open it. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But according to some of the statistics, the mo- the person, the people who you're calling the most. Are limited like three to five people. True. So maybe your mom or your fiance or friends, best friends. So you can actually with the application, you can set. So light one, your mom. Light two, your dad. Something like that. So you can know who's calling at least to those five people. And also we are we give alarm to. You can actually. Okay, you wanna you wanna call your mom at least five times a day, uh, five times a month. So it's gonna keep track. So it's gonna alarm you. Okay, you need to call your mom. <laughs> so you keep tu- keep tu- in touch, right? That's actually a good idea. Yeah. So that's inside this uh, product already. Yeah. But what we are thinking for the next generation is that. Okay, so if you're calling with your friend. Well, you may talk like maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Putting your hand like this is gonna kind of hurt, right? It's gonna get tired. So you're gonna put motion sensor in it. So and a speakerphone, so that if you put it on your ear, you're gonna hear it. But if you put it on like this, you can hear from the speakerphone, so that you're not gonna be able to get tired from it. So what have you got here? So, we're Bear Conductive, we're here from London, and what we have here is a demonstration board. So if I touch the black paint here, it triggers the sensor. The black paint is our conductive paint, it's called electric paint. Down here is connected to the touch board. The touch board has 12 touch sensors, and uh, since the paint is connected to the sensors, I can trigger the sensors by touching the paint. So in this case, I'm just triggering a sound file. But depending on how I program the touchboard, I can have different functions as well. So I can either uh, turn up the light with it, or I can connect it to a different software, then I can start playing videos or something. So our products are aimed for quite a broad spectrum. It's used by children, as well as uh, engineers, professionals, yeah. designers, uh, and education. So yeah. What kind of range does it have? Like, mean, like how far away does the, can the paint be from the, um, the connectors? It depends on um, your application because no. the paint has a resistance of 55 ohms per square. So depending on your sensor size, uh, it increases the resistance. So we normally say up to a couple of meters. Yeah. So you don't recommend to paint your whole house with it, yeah. but you can definitely have some art installations that are yeah. as big yeah. as walls. Yeah. Yeah. Like you mentioned people, like there's a range of audiences. I mean, who are your main customers at the moment? Uh, we definitely say a lot of artists are using it, a lot of makers, so people who are doing their own oh. prototypes, their own yeah. projects. And where did the idea come from? Um, the idea originally started with electric paint. Yeah. Um, it was the four founders of Square Conductive. They all went to university together, and it was the final project. And from there on, just cascade into the touchboard yeah, and great. then the touchboard starter kit. There's a shop in Berlin that has like music hacker stuff. Do we have a 
shop in Berlin? No. So we're based in London. Uh, we don't have a shop there either. We are all online. Yeah. And we have resellers. I don't suppose you'll sell that much to it, but it's a good showroom. Yeah, definitely. Which one is it? Common Grounds. Common Grounds. Yeah, they have like all sorts of hacker like music projects. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Sounds good. They would love this. That's great. Um, they have the small concerts in there as well. Does it work outside as well as inside? So the paint itself is uh, water-based, yeah. so it'll wash off the weight, but right. you can seal it, yes. so what we've done here. Yeah. Um, in that case, it is waterproof, uh, apart from where it's with the connection here, down there it's not waterproof. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is you can have it outside, seal it, and then have inside the whole connections. Is there any mo- um, plans to move into something like body paint? Like, I, I run a lot about wearables, and there's always like someone trying to make either a bit of plastic into it, with sensors in it, or... You know, really thin fabrics. I can imagine something like a body paint. Mm. What's like? We don't we don't advertise as body paint, no. No, because we don't uh, we don't say that it's a cosmetic, and we don't have all the certification. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not yeah. toxic, yeah. but we yeah. don't yeah. recommend. I, said, I get your drift. Yeah. <laughs> but you can yeah. use it on textile. Yeah. yeah. We works on any services. That'd so, be really cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 Lots of people made amazing projects using. Uh, That's really cool. Yeah, there's a uh, one guy who did a kind of a concert on his T-shirt just by touching the electric piano shirt. Yeah. <laughs> So if I want to play the piano, I can only play one key at a time. You can do, you can do, because, um, so first of all, this is just programmed to only play one sound at a time, but also you can set it to MIDI mode, that way you can have a piano. MIDI as well, Yeah. You can actually have, like, a guitar with no strings. Yep. Somebody's done that as well. Yeah, I've questioned someone who made a proper piano using four of the transport, and he did, like, a... And how much is the starter kit? So it's 150 euros. And there's paint. Yeah. It comes with three three project ideas. One of them is to replicate this yeah. this bad oh, boy. Really so you can kind of teach yourself. Mm-hmm. Does it come with the speaker as well? Yeah. 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 Speaker, oh. cable, paintbrush. You get one? <laughs> so for yeah. everything to make three projects, yeah. The first one is the house and you get more familiar with yeah. the technology. Yeah. Oh. And how to turn a few That's such a cool idea. I'm an ex-musician, so yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna have to play for play the Yeah. Alright. And we're gonna launch the Kickstarter later in September. Oh, right, okay. So it's not actually available yet. With a new, yeah, this is available but for a new product. So oh, we're going to produce what's, a new product. The new kit will combine the power of the electric paint with a new board that okay. we, are, we have developed, and it will be about a light as well. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, really cool. Such a good idea. Um, so I'm here with uh, Braggy, and your name is? My name is Johannes. Hi. Johannes. So we've seen quite a lot of uh, new... Uh, smart, intelligent earphones sort of following after AirPods, but AirPods were not the first. Um, but I think, as far as Kate mentioned, you also have Alexa built in. Is that true? Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, tell us a bit more about the Dash and uh, what you can do with it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, uh, there are a lot of competitors now entering the market. Um, actually, Bragi was the first one who introduced a new category called hearables. So, you basically... <laughs> 
take the variables and put it into your years because oh, very you're, good. <laughs> um, so um, there are always coming more competitors, but uh, I would say, or I'm pretty sure there will be still a lot of steps ahead because what most of the competitors are doing is a Bluetooth headset. So yeah. they are basically dumb. They do not anything smart. Um, that's always why the word hearable is like confusing. That's also why we call our headphones ear computers. So what it basically is is we have four gigabyte of offline storage and they can work completely standalone. Wow. So you can leave your smartphone at home yeah. and um, you can go for a swim, for a cycle um, and also for a run. Um, I, I said swim, so they are one up to one me, up to one meter. They are waterproof, and that's also one of the special um, things that uh, is very special about the Bragi um, headphones, um, about Bragi the Dash. Um, the Dash Pro is now the following version okay. um, of the Dash. We know that uh, a first mover product always has its issues. In our case, it was the Bluetooth connectivity. Um, so what we improved now with the Dash Pro is definitely the Bluetooth connectivity. So right now you shouldn't have any issues anymore with the Bluetooth connectivity. We extended the battery lifetime, so we have right now five hours um, of runtime. And on top of that, there's still the charging case, yep. so you can um, have up to 30 hours on the go. Um, what we improved as well is the listening experience. So we included now foam tips as well as the um, other tips, um, which are which are called the fit sleeves. And with them, you adjust the size. So we're always working that we find the perfect size for your ear. Okay. Yeah. Um, because we want to make sure that you can use it for any activity you want and that they don't fall out. And from memory, you've got some biometrics in there as well, which is great because the ear is one of the more accurate places to record body, you know, what's going on in your um, that's uh, totally true what you said. So with a smart watch, you always have the problem that's uh, falling around. And with us, with our device, we're always sitting into your ear. And with the sleeves, we're making sure that it doesn't um, fall around in your ear. So that's why we can measure it quite accurate. Um, and we are currently measuring the heart rate. On top of that, we are measuring your movements of the head. And with your movement of the head, we can detect how many steps you made and that when you are swimming we can detect how many laps you made um, and there are a lot of more functionality that you can do by so by tracking whilst your the head. device is not connected to a smartphone so offline it's tracking your your steps and etc and it's also you can play music and things but I guess when it's online then comes in the Alexa integration and you can do other things as well yeah um, just one thing that I also want to mention on the activity side so yeah. what we built in is a kind of a neural network so as soon as you start running or cycling or swimming, we will detect um, according to the activity after half a second up to up to two or three seconds, we will detect what are you doing. So if you start running, we will detect that you start running and if you stop because of whatever, we will stop your activity or pause your activity. Um, and yeah, and as soon as you come online, we always have integrated Siri and Google Now from the very beginning and also that's a difference so we are independent from which, yeah, yeah, of course. which device oh, okay. you're using. Okay. okay, so it could be even Bixby if you wanted to yeah yeah okay, um, okay. so and you can use this also with a PC where you don't have okay. a system right now okay. but that's why we started now with the Alexa yeah. um, so we are very proud that we are now started to integrate Alexa because we are the first device kind yeah. of where you can be on the go and use Alexa um, so what we did is um, you can connect um, the device to your app yeah. and the app is basically enabling all and the features and this is still with Bluetooth though 
yeah. yeah. So you, at the moment, of course, on the long term, we want to get rid of the smartphone. So we want to connect directly to a network yeah. and you can leave your smartphone at home because smartphones is not a natural gesture, not a natural interface. Yeah. If you yeah. look around and see people yeah. with their smartphones running through the city. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So what we want to do is enable the people be having a discrete assistant into the year. And yeah. that's also one of the reasons why we integrated Alexa. So you just need to join forces with one of the gesture recognition startups. You could do um, Bixie. Bixie was a French company we saw that had this little thing you could wave yeah. and it would recognize gestures. That yeah. would be quite cool. Also, that's <laughs> something that we're all already looking into. Yeah. So what we could imagine is that instead of touching your ear, yeah. which also is already a big step ahead because it's still quite natural, but what a next step would be, for example, that we um, recognize your gesture if you're doing yeah. something in front of your head. So yeah. something like next track, play, yeah. pause. And one, um, one last question, just because I'm into wireless headphones, but I'm not really into sport, but a lot of the wireless headphones are really aimed at people who do sports. I mean, do you think there's enough? Obviously, you're going to say yes, but do you think there's enough interest for someone like me who's not really interested in the sports aspect, but just wants some good quality wireless headphones as well? So, <laughs> we came up with a headphone because we know that there are people who don't have the budget that you pay, for example, on the Dash Pro. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why we came up with a headphone. And the headphone has still a lot of okay. um, good reasons. Uh, it, it's a lot of pros compared to all the other products. The non-pro. We have yeah. the, the longest battery lifetime. We have a full remote control instead of all the other products. Yeah. So you can... We have still the audio transparency feature so where you can enable the pass-through of your surroundings. So imagine you are cycling, but you cannot hear your surroundings. Yeah. That's always bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. Also, that yeah. we don't, yeah. we are not the only one in this area who yeah. has this feature. Jabra, we interviewed but as well. Yeah. We were yeah. the first movers, and we want to be still <laughs> the first movers by enabling people more with this feature. Yeah. So what we already do is we are raising your voices, so yeah. lowering the surroundings, but raising the voices. So you've obviously got a, a captive audience. I mean, your Kickstarter campaigns have been pretty successful. I think probably some of the most in Europe. Most yeah. So yeah. I don't, I haven't looked up what the latest projects were, but I think we're. I'm just saying because I wrote about you last week. <laughs> ah, okay. So probably we are still uh, the most successful Kickstarter campaign in Europe. Yeah. Um, there we go. That seems like a, you could just say that anyway. No one will check. So. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Thanks yeah. very much. Thank you. Nice to meet you. So, do you know the case of Berlin, New Berlin Airport? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. This is, you know, it's, it's seven years delayed, and it's six times over budget, and has 65,000 building errors now. You know that. So... We understand the problem, and and what's what is the what's the pro, what's the main problem? Mostly, design is based on intuition. There is lack of verification on any part, on any type of design. There are many many changes happening, and no one's checking them finally. Yes, yes, and there are changes happening on the construction side and everywhere because there were errors at the very beginning. So having that, and there, generally the construction industry is like a, in a Walkman innovative phase. It's very, very conservative. Yeah. So we came up with idea to create a platform for smart resolution that uses artificial intelligence, machine learning to solve the most pending problems of the construction industry. And one of the one of the tools that we are having on the platform is Code Checker that verifies if the design is actually fulfilling the building code. Which uh, actually is going to I mean you give a solution in a within a click first of all 
and uh, second of all there will be no delays later because the design is verified uh, regarding the construction uh, load the, the building code um, that's that's the idea and there are many other tools on the platform that we are creating how okay let's just pick one as an example one of the codes how do you actually do that there's the, the German building code. There's like about thousand. Yeah. So, how do you actually verify it? Oh, so imagine that. Uh, so imagine. So now, buildings. Uh, so when you have a the design of the building, that's a model. Yeah. That's a model. Often there's a three D oh, model. Okay. So you're basing it on the model, not on the final build. No, no, no. The oh, final build. Okay. We, we have to verify the design first to make sure that is uh, correct. Okay. What if the um, the final product doesn't match the model. <laughs> oh, it never, it will never match Which the I model. Which I suspect might have happened. No, the, it will never, it will never match. I mean, uh, in the industry, you have uh, like design drawings, and then you have after construction drawings. So they, they and they are, they could be two different set of drawings because there are so many errors. And these are digital drawings, I take it. They're not, they, sorry, these are digital drawings. They're not pieces yeah. of paper, I hope. No, they are, they are digital yeah. drawings. So they are three D yeah. models, basically. And they have so this like a it is called building information modeling. So every element of the building has its uh, let's say uh, description. So this is a stair. This is our uh, door. This is uh, whatever. So then you can verify. Like imagine that. So there is a law saying about evacuation route. So from every from every room, then there. So for instance, in this room, you have probably like eight or six evacuation doors. And they are calculated using the amount of the people that would be in this space. I am quite sure that we are out of that today. But uh, normally, if you calculate that, so imagine that the, the, the tool what is checking is, uh, is verifying the size of the building and checking if the total amount of the width of the doors is actually good enough for this amount of people. Cool. And there are many other yeah, tools, sure, but sure. Uh, one is uh, easy to understand, and there are many problems in the industry. Are you live at the moment? Like, are you working currently with um, the construction industry and architects and so on? Well, me myself, an architect. I have been working uh, seven years on large-scale construction. But you know all the pain points, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been uh, I've been doing some some project, and then then I go to construction site, and there's like, oh, you forgot about that. You forgot about that because there is like. There, are, there is architect, engineer, and this and this and this person involved in design and the construction, and they rather improve. They are looking for their profits. They are not thinking about the, the entire project. So that's uh, that's also a, so. Whenever there are like many changes during the design process, and they are not always coordinated properly. So the coordination is. Uh, yeah. There are so many inputs that there is no time to verify. And you mentioned like the building codes. Do they change? Often, yeah, yeah. So you got to change often. So you got to be able to adapt to that as well constantly. Other other yeah. building codes codified, or do you have to code them into your application each time? What do you mean they're codified? Like each time it changes, is it defined in a way that you can easily put into application, or do you have to get a programmer? To... Oh, they're yeah, they are codified like data, like an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. They are also like, uh, well, it depends on the country, of course, but yeah. here in Germany it works okay. And yeah, in well-developed countries, worse okay. So here with 
Jollocom? Jollocom? Jollocom. Jollocom? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's a, a. Well, you explain what it is, and then I'll describe what it is and ask some questions about that in a minute. So. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, at Jollocom, our vision is to give back the power of data ownership to everyone. Right? So, giving back the power of data ownership to every individual. And uh, what we what we have uh, as a product is uh, we do have right now a smart wallet, which is an uh, an app uh, where you can enter your data, and uh, the data is stored in a private store. So, for example, if you have a server running or something like this, you connect you connect it, and you can uh, reuse the data basically or navigate the digital world like this. And the cool thing about it is that, for example, let's say you store like your phone information or your ID card information, right, in the wallet. So what you can do is you can go to a bank and, for example, and uh, get this data verified, right? So they run through okay. the, all the checks. So this isn't this isn't a wallet for blockchain. It's using the blockchain as a wallet. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. Actually, this was. Uh, I was actually talking about this idea with some people yesterday and saying that this is a, a good idea and that no one had seen quite yet. But is, is this it? No. No, no, no. no this is like an example for a freedom box. It's like an old okay. server. Which you can right, I was wondering. I mean, <laughs> we just brought it to visualize to people that yeah, you can kind of have yeah. this so on the, device. So the banks are on board with this? You said you can take something to the bank? Uh, yeah, there was like an example for a uh, party that... here in Germany? You could do that now? Um, so we are now uh, weeks before a close alpha, so we are not actually on the market yet where people can actually use this. But of course we are looking for uh, partners where we can uh, kind of uh, uh, tap into their infrastructure. Uh, and, and it's actually a benefit for everyone because if you if you verify, it's kind of a very uh, cost-intense uh, pro- process, right? Because you do have to have people in place that uh, check you, or uh, when you call, you have to have like this uh, interaction. And why do I have to do it every time that I use the service at different time? Right? Why can we not reuse this when it, when it was done already? What, what sort of identity will you be able to put in? So whatever you like. I mean, if you want to have your ID card in uh, for like legal documents uh, or like uh, driver's license for We're example. also talking about things like uh, healthcare records, yeah. educational records, yeah. which Sony is now looking into. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to include things like, um, like data from say wearable Yeah, so we are totally open to whatever data uh, is stored there, right? Uh, but it has to make sense for the user. Right? So uh, I guess that's how, how we approach this. And it's, it's, it's local to the device? Uh, we don't store data on the device. We would store it, like, for example, in your, like, we call it your own data store, uh, but what this is is maybe you have an own server running at home, so you can store it there, or, like, in this Freedom Box, which is, like, an example that you yeah. kind of use. This is, like, a physical box, and, uh, like, this this runs, and you know that you store it here and nobody else has actually access to it, right? Or maybe you, 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 you host it in the cloud, so we, we don't really... Like, we would like people to kind of uh, uh, do it their preferred way. Yeah. But if you lose your phone, does yeah. it matter? Uh, it doesn't matter because you have you, you log in with the seed phrase in our application. Okay. Exactly. Or if you have one of these at home and it gets stolen, 
I'm assuming there's a backup, a digital backup. Well, no, that's yeah, that, de- like, that depends on the... On, yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. But you would hope it, but, you know, this stuff happens to people a lot. We were actually talking about this yesterday, that now the uh, the new kind of lo-fi hack is called the sock drawer hack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's like, uh, yeah. Blockchain wallets in the sock drawer. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. exactly. Okay. And is there a limit to how much you can store? I mean, I, I would think the average person could produce a lot of data mm. over a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends how much you want to pay. Because it also, like, like your own storage is kind of connected to costs, right? So, uh, yeah, but we are we are open for scaling, uh, whatever that means, right? It just ha- has to make sense for the user. Like, this is, yeah. And so, to your knowledge, you can't be hacked? <laughs> that's that's, I don't think that's a very, there. very difficult question to answer. I've been writing about cybersecurity yeah. today. I don't think you can put yeah. a microphone in, someone, in front of someone and say, do you want to be hacked? <laughs> that's a bad idea. Yeah, but the, I, was, I guess it's the I guess it doesn't matter if it is because you have the immutable... Yeah. And maybe another cool thing that we have is we have something that is called a smart login. And uh, it's basically an easy way to use services, digital services, where you can log in with your personal data. And you can actually give the service that you use access. Like, like they have to visualize you to you which data they will use. Right? So, for example, like for example, when you use Facebook login, it's very fast. But the compromise that you do is you actually provide them with the data, right? So they know what kind of service you use, yeah, right? And in our cool. case, the data is yours. It's stored yeah. on your device. Yeah. And you, you, you navigate the digital world much easier. It's